WHOV 88.1 FM welcomes you to the pastor's study. The pastor's study in any church is a place where the pastor can go to collect his thoughts, study God's word, and develop ideas and thoughts on what direction the church needs to take. The pastor's study is where research is done on various topics. Missions are brought to the forefront and salvation is formed. The pastor's study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside and to find out more about the ministers in the area and the good works they are doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Hosted by Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, the pastor study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out what plans God has for his shepherds and his people. Another edition of the Pastor Study here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Pastor Kevin Swan in studio. Rob Dixon, whose last day was on Friday, is no longer with us in studio, but he will be calling in, joining us from out of town to offer his opinion on the show. Pastor John Young is in studio. Pastor Raymond Johnson is with us as well, and uh, we're just glad to have you listening to another edition of the Pastor Study. If this is your first time listening to the show, uh, this show is designed to address issues from a community perspective. Uh, normally the pastor study is where pastors seek the face of God and try to come up with solutions from, from God's will. What what should be done in our communities? How do we address certain problems and challenges that we all face? And we tend to pull no punches here. We like to be as completely honest as we can address any subject matter that might be out there. And we've talked about a wide variety of topics and uh, we continue to do that on this show. If you uh, have not heard some of the previous broadcasts, you can certainly uh, visit the website, www.kevinswan.org. On the website, you click on the media link, and there are listed all of the previous shows that we have done over the last month or so. And we encourage you to do that. You'll find some very interesting topics. We've talked about Chris Brown and Rihanna, the whole domestic violence situation. We've talked about uh, the soap opera that had uh, on All My Children, the first lesbian uh, wedding, and how that impacts the body of Christ. All these things that we have already addressed. And we encourage you to go to the site again to get more information or to listen to previous shows uh, that uh, we have done. And so we're once again uh, excited about today's show. We have a good uh, topic for today. But we already have uh, someone uh, that we want to introduce on the show today, uh, someone that is doing great things in our community. Uh, she's uh, a pastor. She pastors at uh, Calvary Community Church in Hampton, and uh, she has a book that has just been released, and we want to talk about that now. Pastor Natalie Francisco is on the line with us. Pastor, how are you doing today? We are glad to have you uh, join us today, and uh, what we want to do is just first of all talk about your book that you just released, Wisdom for Women of Worth and Worship, uh, Lessons for a Life of Virtue, Value, and Victory. Can you talk to us a little bit about the book and what prompted you to write it? for my Women of Worth and Worship Institute, uh, which provides online and on-site classes for women of all ages and stages of life. And so the book uh, began as a work uh, and as the curriculum that I utilized for those classes. 
and I simply share in the book my triumphs and tragedies, really my entire life story and all of the lessons that I've learned throughout my experiences and the biblical truths and foundations that have caused me to live a life of virtue, value, and victory. Uh, I've been sharing those lessons for uh, the past uh, year and a half uh, with women not only all over the country and in the Hampton Roads area, but also in other countries. And it has proven to be such a blessing in their lives. Now, not only are you uh, co-pastoring at Calvary, but you're also the founder and executive director of the Women of Worth and Worship, uh, LLC. Can you tell us about that also, what work you're doing through that, uh, that program? Yes, as I shared, that's what prompted the book uh, and the curriculum that I write for the Institute uh, is really the book that has been released this past month by St. Paul Press Publishers. Uh, the Institute consists uh, of eight weeks of intensive study and training from the Word of God, from principles, uh, from my life lessons, but certainly from uh, the will and the Word of God that is most definitely what we need in order to live a successful Christian life. And so classes are offered uh, throughout the year, uh, beginning in February of the year and uh, last for eight weeks, and then the next uh, session starts, of course, in May and last through July, and then the last session is in August through October. Again, they're for eight weeks. Uh, for those who are in the Hampton Roads area, uh, I offer those classes at Calvary Community Church, and I have to give my husband and uh, of 26 years and my my pastor, a shout-out, Bishop L.W. Francisco III. Uh, but those classes are offered there at the church on Monday and Tuesday night so people can make their choice as to what night they would like to attend. Uh, and then they last again for eight weeks. And then for those who are outside of the Hampton Roads area, in other states and in other countries, I offer that class uh, as well on Monday and Tuesday nights from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we just have a wonderful time sharing about the principles of God's Word and the issues that certainly uh, women face from day to day. Once again, we're talking with Pastor Natalie Francisco, who's co-pastor of Calvary Community Church in Hampton, Virginia, talking about her Women of Worth and Worship Institute and also the book that she just released, Wisdom for Women of Worth and Worship, Lessons for a Life of Virtue, value and victory and pastor uh we have talked off the air that the book is actually doing very well uh selling very well you also offer it on amazon.com and gospellightbookstore.com and blackcbc.com uh can you kind of share with us how the response has been for you are you surprised at the success of the book or or how things have just kind of taken off uh, as a result of you writing this piece i tell you I'm, i'm blessed by what god is doing and how he is doing it so quickly I was just contacted by my publishers uh, yesterday that the book is now available on Target.com and soon will be available on Barnes & Noble with Borders as well as Books A Million. Uh, And the book is listed by the uh, Black Christian Book Company's uh, top 50 bestsellers list already as number 13 by independent publishers. So I am uh, surprised. But yet, you know, God always does things that are far beyond our comprehension, far beyond what we can ask, think, or even imagine. So I'm grateful for what God is allowing to happen. And that is amazing, and we do want to congratulate you on that work and what God is doing. And and I guess the question also is, we see that they are available online. Are there any places, physical locations in the area? Can somebody come to the church perhaps and pick up a copy of the book? Or are there any other places locally where someone who may be interested would, would get a copy? 
Yes, the book has already been uh, sent to national distributors, so they can go uh, locally to any bookstore, and if they do not have it on their shelves, they can get it within two to three days. Also, uh, I had my first book signing this past Sunday after our worship services at Calvary Community Church, and we'll be doing the same after our Bible study at 7 p.m. on tomorrow night, as well as after services again this coming Sunday on the 29th. Uh, we have an 8 a.m. as well as a 9.45 a.m. service. So I'll be uh, personally autographing copies of the book uh, after any of those services. And for those women who would like to just come to an, uh, a setting that is just for you, we also have uh, what is called our Women of Worth Breakfast coming up this Saturday at 10 a.m. at Calvary Community Church. And after the breakfast, and I'll be the, the featured speaker for that, I will also be signing uh, books for those who would like to purchase them. They're available um, online for those who would like to go that route. I know that's a matter of convenience for some people, as you said, at Amazon.com, now available at Target.com, GospelLightBookstore.com, as well as BlackCBC.com, and the CBC stands for Christian Book Company. Very good. And if somebody's interested in your Women of Worth Institute or the book or just to get in contact with you to learn more information about all of the great things that you're doing, how can they get in contact with you? Do you have a website? Do you have a phone number of which they can use? Yes, sir, I do. Uh, if those uh, who are listening would like to become a part of the Institute to register, uh, there is an application online, and I uh, encourage you to go to www.nataliefrancisco.com. Again, that's www.nataliefrancisco.com. Or they can call at area code 757 7, uh, I'm sorry, area code 757-825-1133. Again, that's 757-825-1133, extension 209. And that will get you right to uh, Minister Cindy Guyton, who is our uh, executive administrative assistant, and she will answer any questions or refer you straight to me. And I look forward to hearing from you. Very good. We're almost out of time, and we want to give you one final opportunity to talk about your book and, and about the Institute and, again, give out that information of contact. Yes. Again, the book is such a blessing, uh, not only to me because God has allowed me to write it, but also to a myriad of women sharing about the lessons from my life, tragedies and triumphs, and how to overcome those, because as women we can relate on so many different levels. And so I've left no stone unturned, and God has allowed me to receive revelation from his word in showing ladies how to live a life of virtue, value, and victory. Again, the book can be purchased online at Amazon.com, Target.com, GospelLightBookstore.com, or BlackCBC.com. Or you can go to my website at www.NatalieFrancisco.com and receive information about the Women of Worth and Worship Institute if you'd like to enroll in the next session, which begins in May, for online classes or on-site classes held at Calvary Community Church. And the book is also featured on the website as well. Let me say again, uh, Pastor Swan, I certainly thank you for the opportunity to share with your listening audience today, and I thank you for the privilege of being uh, featured on your show today. It is not a problem. We thank you for, for joining us and sharing this information. We again wish you 
continued success with the book and the Institute and what you're doing to help women of God to get their breakthrough and whatever they need to be vessels uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you again for being with us. Uh, that was Pastor Natalie Francisco of Calvary Community Church in Hampton. And again, uh, if you want more information about her book, you can go to her website, www.nataliefrancisco.com. Com. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back on the other side of the break, have two guys in studio with us, two pastors. There's an interesting study that just came out uh, that suggests that now for the first time in our country that Christianity is no longer considered to be the default religion of our nation. In other words, it no longer can be assumed that for any person who comes and lives in our country that Christianity is the religion of which they would choose if they were going to choose a religion at all. And so the question becomes today, what does that say for us as believers? Are, are there some things that we're not doing that causes people to look at other religions, other places, to want to find their truths? And uh, we have two pastors in studio. We want to hear from you as well, 727 727-5711. Rob Dixon also will be calling in from Philadelphia to offer his opinion on the subject. We hope you're enjoying the show so far on WHOV 88.1 FM. And welcome back to the Pastor Study on WHOV 88.1 FM. Pastor John Young, Pastor Raymond Johnson in studio with us. And on the line from Philadelphia, we have Rob Dixon. Rob, how you doing, man? I'm cooling, man. Really cooling. It's cold up there. It's cold, it's cold up there? Yeah, man. It's, it's like 25 degrees a day. <laughs> yeah, your first week up there, man, you're getting settled in. Now, you, should be, you should be settling much faster because, that, you know, that's home for you, man. So, so it, I, it, 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 it is home, but however, I have a wife, and that means there's a honeydew list a mile long. <laughs> and because I ain't been up here while she's been up here, so she left me plenty to do. Yeah, I'm so sure. That's what, yeah, that's what I've been trying to do is knock out the little chores that she's left me, and um, so just trying to get those things down, get unpacked, and get settled in. The beautiful thing is though, the 50 inch plasma screen TV is set up. Oh, it's set up. Now, do you have it on a stand? You have it on a stand? Do you have it on the wall? What, what do you have? It's a brace to the wall, but it's also on a stand. So you know, either way, it's not going to fall. It's the most prized possession in my room. So now, Rob, don't don't throw anything at the TV, man. Okay. Oh, especially oh, but no. Especially, I don't have a week. especially when when the Cowboys start start <laughs> start losing. Don't, that ain't gonna happen. Don't, don't throw, throw things don't, at my TV. Look, look, mm -hmm. Pastor Young is in the studio. Uh, you, you know how that gets sometimes. Y'all start to lose and y'all 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 want to start throwing stuff. Let, now, let, me, let me explain something. Let me explain something. To you. There'll be no throwing this year. Please. There'll be no throwing this year. And you know what? Only Pittsburgh Steelers fans will start talking junk after a Super Bowl win. We can uh, talk junk. We can talk junk all year <laughs> until next Super Bowl. Okay. 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 <laughs> But we're glad you're with us, Rob. We have Pastor John Young in studio. Pastor, how you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having me, bro. Not a problem. And Pastor Raymond Johnson is with us also. Pastor Johnson, how are you, sir? Very well, sir. Rob, we miss you already, man. Miss you guys too, man. Yeah, we miss you terribly, man. Uh, off the air, we were struggling with this board, man. And so we need you to commute on Tuesdays, man. It's just <laughs> that, That's just how it is, all right? Yeah. If I was paid like that, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, you, you tell you tell Octavia on on Tuesday mornings you got to get up early to come down, and you can fly back, be home for dinner. 
Oh, Lord. Lord. <laughs> I, as long as I'm getting paid, she wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Well, listen, Rob, just so you know, the question of the day is, and I have Pastor Young and Pastor Johnson in the studio also, is the fact that uh, according to Barner, uh, George Barner, who's a guru in research and, and Christian Christianity and all kinds of stuff. Can you be a guru in Christianity? I just want to know. Well, research. He's do, oh, he does okay. the research. Okay, and so what, I didn't, I didn't. What, what he is, what he has found in his research is that now in our country, for the first time ever, Christianity is no longer considered to be the default religion or the default faith in our country. Which means that now uh, Christianity is considered to be a religion like uh, Muslim or Islam, rather, or Buddhist or, or whatever other form of faith or religion that you subscribe to, but that Christianity is no longer leading the way. So, so the question becomes, where have we, where has the church, how has the church lost its power to some degree? Where have we dropped the ball? How come we're still not leading the way as God has commissioned us to, to go and be witnesses all over the world so that uh, his will would be done? What, what's happening? What is your perspective, Rob? And then I'm going to hear from, from the pastors in the studio. What do, what do you, go ahead. It's, it's something I've been saying for a long time, Swan. It's nothing new, but it's the fact that, you know, we as uh, uh, Christians, and if we're talking about Christianity, it's not just African-Americans, Christianity, it's the Bible Belt, it's all those down in the South and everything like that. They live in a whole nother uh, world almost, and they act like some things out here that are going on um, don't exist, and and they try to act like, you know, try to ignore things that are going on in the world. They try to act like these, you know, and it's just like when politics get hot and heavy. You hear about all these Christian conservatives, and you got the gay marriage amendment and gay marriage debate, and it's like they, you know, we're taught to love, you know, all these people and everything like that, but we can't love those who may be living an alternate lifestyle. It's, it's the fact that if, you know, people feel like the church has let them down on a lot of levels. I mean, if you look at Catholicism and, 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 and and the scandal they had with the uh, children and the priests who were abusing those kids and everything like that, that, you know, disavowed a lot of people. A lot of people were turned off by that whole idea and concept. You look at the churches that have had some serious scandals over the years. I mean, Ted Haggard's church out there in Denver. I mean, how many people were turned off by that? Then you've got the prosperity preaching that's going on across the country. You know, people are turned off by the fact of the message of you need to be prosperous if God is to love you. And, you know, and I heard somebody say this the other day on uh, Tavis Smiley's uh, State of the Black Union. A woman said something so profound, it just hit me straight in the gut. Uh, she said that, you know what, in 2009, we got to stop preaching prosperity and start preaching prophecy. And I thought that was so profound and so so on point, because there's so many people who have been turned off by so many of these ministers who are out there, and it doesn't seem like they're out there preaching the Word of God so that people can be saved, right, their lives can be better. They're out there preaching the Word of God so they can make some more money, so they can sell some more tapes, so they can hold another conference. So, and you, so, so that's right. the problem with with the message right now. We have lost the message. The message is no longer, let me help you get through your day. Let us help you get through your week. Let us help you and your family come out of this struggle that you're going through. It's more of, well, if you want to get out of your struggle, come to my conference. It's forty nine ninety five for registration, $120 for a two-night stay at a hotel, and, you know, we've got this person, that person. It's another $50 ticket if you want to see a concert. So we've lost the message. Along the way, no longer is anybody preaching the word of God so that folks can feel uplifted and feel like.
think, you know what, my life is better than what I think, or, you know, this is where I need to find my help. We're preaching a message of, you know what, how can, how can these people get ahead and how can they become richer faster? And that's a problem. So, Rob, it sounds to me, man, you, you have really attacked the leadership to some degree uh, for selfish motive, for, for money's sake, for conferences' sake, and, and all of these other things that have turned people off. But I guess the question is, you know, you, you, can take a, you can take a sample of people like that, but that doesn't necessarily mean the entire body is functioning that way. What is happening now is people are saying, Rob, more so than ever before, Christianity doesn't necessarily have to be the religion that I choose. Now, now we've never been in a country, we've never lived in our country where that has been considered an option. It has always been standard to some degree. Christianity would be guide, the guiding force that guides our calendar, all that kind of stuff. Now, no longer that's the case. People operate off of their own kind of agenda or whatever. So you're saying it's because of the things that have happened in the church that have turned people off, and now they're moving that, elsewhere. That's part of it. And then the other part of it is something we saw in this past election. The Christian conservatives, I think, have turned so many people off uh, of the message of Christ because it seems so evil and so so mean-spirited in so many ways that there are a lot of people out there who just think to themselves, I don't want to be a part of anything that's that mean-spirited or anything like that. And, and that's a problem as well. And um, I think the image, you know, I, I think the Christian church needs an image consultant. So if somebody can sit there and say, look, y'all have lost the message, y'all have lost the vision, and, and what's getting out there, Swan, and you're right, you can take a small sampling and say these are the reasons why, but you know what, those are huge reasons. That's what people are seeing. Those are the people who are out there in the public eye. The Ted Haggards, the uh, these people, I don't know if you saw the HBO documentary um, on uh, the last, I guess it was last month, um, where Alexandra Pelosi went down there and was doing a, a thing on on um, uh, Barack Obama and how the Christian or the Christian conservative and Republicans down south and a lot of them uh, did not vote for Barack Obama and some of the things that they were saying and a lot of the churches were preaching that you know this wrong message of Barack Obama was a Muslim and this that and the other and they were saying a lot of hateful things that weren't right that weren't true and it, you know it really bothered me when I was watching and I was sitting there going boy these people don't get the message you know they preach love but then they hate. Barack Obama, and they were saying that, oh, you can't vote for this man, he's evil, and this, that, and the other. And you know what? That message got out there to a lot of people, and a lot of people were disturbed by it. So I think it's turned a lot of people off from Christianity, because when you tell somebody you're a Christian, they look at you now and they judge you. What kind of Christian are you? And that's the first thing that's going through their mind these days. So that's the problem. We need an image consultant. Okay. And uh, again, if you're just tuning in, the question of the day is, according to George Barna, who is a considered the guru of, of Christianity and research, in the January 12th article of this year, he says that the survey that he did shows that now half of Americans believe the Christian faith no longer has a lock on people's hearts. Overall, 50% of the adults interviewed agree that Christianity is no longer the faith that Americans automatically accept as their personal faith, while just 44% disagreed and 6% were not sure. What that says, obviously, is that there's a shifting in our country away from Christianity. And let me hear from the pastors that are in studio with us. Uh, we've heard from Rob that says, you know, there have been some hurts. There have been some things in the church that have caused people to want to move away. What do you all think is, is some of the reasons why in, in our society today that people are, are looking at other faiths, other religions, 
and trying to get to God a different means than, than what we are, are are preaching and teaching in our churches. You know, uh, Pastor Swan, I, I'm convinced that we've somehow lost, uh, by and large, our relevance. I think that um, many times the interaction that I get uh, from from uh, people that are are coming on board and and joining up with our ministry, uh, they've they've uh, uh, had opportunities to hear uh, what God is trying to uh, uh, say in other ministries, but they feel that the, the, the word is being more catered toward people who have Jesus as opposed to people who need Jesus. There's a, there's a, there's a drastic difference in, in messages where it's catered toward the relevant needs of someone that uh, is bold enough to say, you know, I'm not quite sure I want this, uh, as opposed to the people that, you know, we feel like we can just say the word and it, and it, impacts them like somebody just cast a magic spell or something. Uh, but, you know, just saying the word doesn't automatically get someone to obey it. You know, you've got to be able to present the word in a relevant way that I know uh, all the these and thous of the King James Version say this, but how does that connect with the fact that I can't pay my light bill or the fact that my husband's about to leave me or the fact that I've been molested for the last five years? You know, so we've got to uh, make sure that we as, as ministers, preachers, and teachers, and Christians, not only from behind the pulpits, but in the grocery stores and on our jobs, make sure that we connect Christianity with today's relevant problems. So you think that we've lost touch of where... Society is today, and in many cases, we're doing things in our churches that were of a generation ago, and the people today can't identify with what we're trying to do in the church because what what we're doing is is perhaps something that happened in our fathers in our in our forefathers' time that has no relevance today, or not as much relevance today. Absolutely, I'm convinced of it because one of the things that we have to make sure we don't succumb to is the uh, the uh, pressure of tradition. Because the truth is, is that there are certain things that may be more controversial now uh, that that uh, we do that wouldn't have uh, reached you know the the woe is me generation uh, in terms of the these and thous of the Bible. And we d- we want to respect our forefathers. Our country was founded uh, at one nation under God. I mean, God is on our on our currency. You know, this is uh, this is a a a faith, a God fearing nation. But the truth is, is that I believe that when we begin to get what some people label as radical, uh, then then oftentimes we feel that uh, we are dissociated from the people that we want to be connected with. So we have to be bold enough as preachers to be cutting edge, as as leaders and Christians to be cutting edge and to be honest and transparent with the people that we're trying to. To reach so that we don't get labeled as unaccessible and make Christianity unattainable and boring, quite frankly. Yeah, and it's a fine line there. And Rob, let me let you get a, uh, off of your point. We do have some callers coming in, and I know that uh, we can't have you and, and the callers in. So let me let me get your, your your final point here, what you think about this topic, man. We appreciate you calling in. Oh, anytime, anytime. You know, it's just like I said, Swan, you know, I think, uh, and like I said, I refer back to that lady because I was so hit in the gut when that lady said that about preaching prosperity and, and, we, and we need to start preaching prophetically. And I think, like I said before, the message of Christ has gotten lost 
in the shuffle of everything that has been going on. You know, we've got, like I said, people out there who are selling more books and selling uh, more uh, conferences and everything like that than they're selling the message of Christ and how to get your life together. Um, you know, we've got some pastors out there who are on the road and aren't even in their own church enough to really consider the pastor of their church because they're out there doing other things other than, you know, pastoring their flock and everything like that. You know, I think, the you know, folks are frustrated with that. You know, I don't think it's any kind of coincidence that the mega church has grown to be as big as they have been in some places. And people are frustrated because they can't get to their pastor. They can't get to this man that they want to follow and everything like that. And I think that's turned some people off, you know, the largeness of church. You know, everybody, everything that's big doesn't mean it's better. And so I think a lot of people, some people have gotten turned off by, you know, I come to church, but I sit, you know, in, 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 in a stadium and, you know, can barely see the pastor. I think a lot of people, you know, we, we, we tried to, te- you know, we had this thing about technology. I think it was last week where we talked about it. And, you know, technology is good on some levels, but in some ways it can be bad sometimes. And so I think, you know, church is becoming personal to some people. It's not what it used to be. Like he, like uh, he said to our mothers and our fathers, when they used to go to church, you know, there was a, it was a different kind of feel to it. It was a different kind of relationship you had with your pastor and, your, and, and those who were in the, the congregation and the leadership of the church. We've lost it. Church has become such a show on so many angles. There's so many people out there who are singing for God, but they're doing it because they want to get paid. And, there are other people out there who just want to be seen. And, and, you know, I think we've lost the whole idea of what the church is supposed to be all about. And I can only hope and pray that we get back to it. And it's not just, you know, large churches, and I'm not trying to attack the mega church, but there are a lot of small churches who are trying to do the same thing, who have lost that message and have lost that, that idea and concept as well. So we got to get back to preaching the Word of God and preaching to people's lives and to preaching in people's lives so that their lives can become better. And once we get back on message, and that's an electoral, electoral term, you know, getting back on message, then then we'll be a better church. Then people will start seeing us for what we are and what we can provide. But until then, until we stop getting caught up into all this hype and this technology and trying to do this and be this to everybody, we're going to be lost for a little while. Okay. Rob, we appreciate the call, man. Call back next week, all right? Anytime, anytime. Tell everyone the pastors. I said, what's up? Tell everybody down there. I said, hello. And um, I'm freezing up here, but the steak sandwiches are very, very good. <laughs> you might have to send one down to us, man. So, <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon, man. Take care, man. Later. All right. But I guess, and, and I'm hearing the, what you all are saying today, but I guess, and, and Pastor Johnson, I want you to chime in, because the, the challenge that I'm hearing is this. Okay, yes, we have problems, but problems are nothing new to the church. The church has always had problems. Mm-hmm. I guess the question is, what is making people now say, instead of going to another church or instead of praying through the challenges that you see in your church mm-hmm. and remaining in that place of fellowship or moving to another church in Christianity, mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. why are people now saying altogether, I'm going to try an entirely different faith? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that to me is what is, is so surprising, mm-hmm. that you have people now just wanting to try something completely different mm-hmm. than what our country was founded on. And so what, what do you think? Uh, have we lost the message? Do we need to get back? Is, is it, as Pastor Young says, you know, <coughs> we've lost relevance in our country today? Uh, you know, what, what do you see? I, I think it's a little bit of all of it when you, when you kind of take a look at it from, from a biblical worldview and from biblical eyes. Number one, we have to be just reminded of what Paul said to us, uh, what he said to Timothy, that in the last days men would be lovers of themselves and that they would not be lovers of God. And so what we see happening not only in the United States but throughout the world is that people have gone into a place now where they have gone very, very selfish. Um, 
inside of the guise of trying to do their own thing. So it's not so much what the church is or is not doing. It is this, the age and the time in which we live in. Now, there are several contributors to that. One, which is postmodernism and relativistic thinking. Yes. Uh, When you couple that also with the fact that somehow the church has been allowed, or we as believers have allowed uh, Christianity to be defined with colonialism and commercialism, which it is not. It is something that is completely, totally different. Uh, as a matter of fact, from a historical backdrop, Jesus was not a Westerner. He was an Easterner. Right. Uh, and so his teachings were from the, from the worldview of, an, of a standpoint of, of Eastern eyes as well. So there, there are two things, three things. One, uh, we've allowed the colonialization and commercialization of Christianity and lumped the two together. Two, we forget that we're living in the last days literally living in the last days. And we know Jesus taught that, and we know Paul taught that. But because of the notion of postmodernism and relativistic thinking coupled with technology and the age that we live in, it should not be surprising to us that we see people uh, throughout the world and America beginning to reflect what is happening in the world uh, on a larger scale of things, that men are simply the lovers of themselves uh, and, and not lovers of God. And, and let me let me break that down because you use some some big terms. I'm man. sorry, and I'm like Sanford and Son. You know when when the cop Rick, was using let's, you got to go you got to go to Hoppy to get the break. <laughs> postmodernism. Really, is the term that came in our country around the time of the civil rights era. Yeah, which basically said from that point forward that truth was no longer. Absolute. Absolute. It's all relative. It's all relative, meaning that truth is based upon my view. How I see it. How I see it is now how I define truth. So truth truth for you is not necessarily truth for me. Whereas before civil rights era, around that time, truth was absolute. And universal. Absolutely. So, you know, again, you see that shift in our country. That is one of the big reasons why you do see Christianity declining in faith. Because, again, many people don't necessarily subscribe to an absolute truth. There you go. It's the worldview of man. It, it's, it's my truth, how I live, how right. I think. Right. And if I want to be homosexual and be married then and I go to church, that. it's my truth. Right. That's that's what we're seeing. And so you see a lot of the tension there. And uh, do we have a call on there? We do have a caller. And I'm going to get Pastor Young's opinion right after that. Caller, are you on the air? Yes, I am. Go ahead and offer your opinion. Okay. Well, Turn your I'm radio down. Leave. Turn your radio down, please. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I believe that... It's, it's two things that's causing this situation to take place, and one of them is compromise. The church ever, as a whole, in, in my opinion, have compromised so many things uh, in the body. You have people that's coming in that, that, that want to get saved and want to get their life right, but the night before, they seen head for the choir in the club. Uh, you have... I have nothing against homosexuals, but again, it's in the it's in the word. You have a lot of homosexual choir directors and choir members and, and, and ministers now. And these people are coming in off the street and they're looking for God, but they're seeing the same people that the pastors up there preaching, you know, uh, uh not so much against but but trying to get them to come out of their situation. Okay, and and we do have another call on the uh, so I do need to end the call here. So thank you for your for your opinion there, and and I guess the question is, Pastor Young, he says compromise has been one of the challenges, but wouldn't compromise necessarily bring more people in? It well, seems 
uh, you know, if you're more tolerant of different things, wouldn't that be you're more accepting, which means you would cast your net wider to bring people in as opposed to people going away? Absolutely. Now, now the, the, the way that I view it when we were talking about the absolute truths is the, the one thing that does absolutely unify people is when the power of God moves in such a way that is undeniable, then now people are saying, okay, well, I don't understand all of that, but I want that. Just like the blind man in John chapter 9, uh, they accused Jesus, uh, they challenged the validity of the miracle, but they couldn't deny the power. They said, listen, you know, this man healed you on a Sabbath day. He's got to be a sinner. And he the blind man's response was, I don't understand all this that y'all are talking about. I don't know what's right and what's wrong. All I know is I once was blind and now I see. And so whatever the naysayers are doing out there and, and, and even the other religions, they won't be able to duplicate the power of God. And so what I believe will draw people uh, to, to Christianity is when the true raw power of God is demonstrated in church in such a way where even if they don't understand it, they won't be able to deny it. So then you're basically saying that the reason why people are walking away from Christianity is that the church has the Holy Spirit, but has lost the degree of its influence in our churches and in our lives. And as such, we've lost some measure of power to influence other people to come in. And that's the exact uh, atmosphere that Jesus ministered in. Because keep in mind, the naysayers that were criticizing the miracles that Jesus was producing, they had a traditional approach. Okay, you got if you want to produce a miracle, if you want to produce the power of God, you've got to do it within the confines of this box. But Jesus was criticized for supping with sinners and things like that. And, and I believe those are the things that get us labeled as radicals or people that are risque. Uh, so I agree that when you broaden the net, it's almost like the the uh, parable when they talked about the uh, the the feast when that when 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 they went out to to invite uh, certain people, the the hierarchy of of society wouldn't come, so they went back out to the hedges and highways and grabbed some scrubs for lack of better term. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 again, you know and and. Pastor, Pastor Johnson, we, we talked about this before, too. Is there perhaps a lack of teaching of mm. the Bible? Mm-hmm. Have we gotten so that people want to come for a shout? And how many times people going to roll down the aisle? And, come on, Reverend. And how many times people going to speak and, t- and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. But have we not taught people who they are in Christ, the power that God has given them at the moment of salvation, what the Spirit can do in their life, Mm -hmm. so that, as Pastor Young is mentioning, that the power that's needed to make witness to what God can do can be evident. Have we lost that? Have we we stopped teaching and going more in terms of emotional uh, satisfaction? Well, I'll say this. Not that there's anything wrong with an emotional release on Sunday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, because we all need that. And I think we all have some of that in our churches. But what I will say as as by way of example, um, when we say I'm going to preach the gospel um, and you ask somebody, what is the gospel? Uh, most people can't tell you that it's, it's simply the good news about the birth, life, death, resurrection, and second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. When I say to people, um, what did Jesus preach? They say, he preached the gospel. And I say, well, gospel is a word that just simply means good news. Good news. So what exactly did Jesus preach? What was his message? Th- then there's a blank stare that comes on folks' faces. That's right. 
And what Jesus preached was the kingdom, the kingdom of, God, of God, that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done right here on earth as it is in heaven, according to Matthew 6, 9 and Luke four forty three, Jesus said, I must go to other cities where I would preach the gospel of the kingdom of God also. Now, in the midst of that, what Pastor Young is talking about is that there was always a demonstration that followed the preaching of the kingdom of God. So when you put those two together in our churches, we've got to look at, are we preaching a, a, a message that is... Uh, adverse to the kingdom of God? And could that contribute to why there are no miracle signs and wonders that are following where the people are uh, the healed, the sick are being healed, um, and people are, are changing and transforming their lives, and things are changing in their lives as a result of the taught word? I think we've got to get back to what Jesus preached himself and what he taught, and that was the kingdom of God, which is not just prosperity, not just uh, social justice, uh, not just prophetic. It is not either or, but it's both and. It's right. all of them in balance together. And I think that's what some of the some of the church is missing that. So, Pastor Young, you think then that there are many people perhaps sitting in our pews who don't know of the message of Christ, the kingdom of God, the power that, that lives inside of them through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And because they're ignorant to that, they just know Jesus. I know who Jesus is, but don't know the power of God that lies inside of us, do you think that is causing people to walk away from Christianity? Uh, absolutely. It's the sad truth, uh, Pastor Swan, is that when you look at, at, at uh, or if you talk with most people today that are trying to experience God and, and, and try to define what his power is, they limit it to the emotional release that uh, Pastor John was, uh, Johnson was talking about. But the truth is, is that the power of God and the transforming power of God is truly revealed at what happens when they get up off the floor. You know, when they're done talking in tongues, are their lives transformed yes. from that ahead, point? Okay, ahead. so so when we when we get caught up in, in, in uh, let's call it the appetizer, of God's presence, mm. anybody that has God in them for real is going to respond in some way. You may not shout or roll all over the place, but you might shed a tear or rock back and forth, but your heart is going to connect with the power of God in some way. But then what do you do with it? Now that I've got God's attention, now that I've accessed God's power, what am I going to do with it? And I think that's when people begin to say, you know what? I don't know what's going on over there at that church. But I, I remember, I remember Brother Pookie when he was doing that, and yeah. now he's doing this. Yeah. You know, yeah. all I know is I was blind, and now oh, I can I see. see. Yeah. And that's how we produce it. We open people's eyes and transform lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. And yeah. if you're just tuning in with us, or maybe just tuning in uh, recently, the topic for today, there's an article by George Barner, who is considered to be the guru of research in Christianity. And in January of this year, he came out with a survey that basically says. The survey shows that half of all Americans now believe the Christian faith is no longer has a lock on people's hearts. Overall, 50% of the adults interviewed for this survey agreed that Christianity is no longer the faith that Americans automatically accept as their personal faith. So again, the country was built on Christianity, mm -hmm. but now you have half of the country who no longer believes those same principles and teachings the question becomes, where has the church or the power of God, the kingdom of God, where has it gone? What, what is causing people to walk away from Christianity? We have a few minutes left. We want to see if we can get at least a couple of callers in very quickly to offer your perspective. 727-5407, 727-5711. 
If you're listening and you have a quick comment you want to make, please call in. We just have a few minutes left uh, before the show is over. And, uh, again, Pastor Johnson, you know, we've talked about a lot of things, postmodernism, lack of biblical teaching, lack of power. So now that we've heard all of these things, what should we start focusing on as pastors? What should we start sharing to our church body so that they're more informed and, and more knowledgeable of the Word of God and what God expects how do we move forward from here so that we can get these numbers back up to where mm-hmm. God would want them to be? We, sim- we simply have to do what Jesus did. He taught the kingdom of God, and then he demonstrated the kingdom of God through the working of miracles. And so in a systematic way, my folk at Calvary Revival Peninsula, they know every year from October through December, I'm going to simply teach on the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, systematically, uh, every Sunday, every Wednesday, what they're going to hear is the kingdom of God. I think that's number one. Number two, we have to mobilize and organize our ministries to be relevant and reverent with inside of society. So, for example, Pastor Young, what his ministry does, um, they have an outreach to the homeless as well as we do. Uh, not only do we do that, but then we provide life skills t- uh, teaching and training right at the same time. In the midst of the financial crisis, we're teaching people how to budget their money. Right. Um, and learn how to live on the 90 after they give their 10th to right, God. Right, absolutely. So, so we have to become reverent and relevant as well as teach the kingdom and model it at the same time. And then we can't be afraid to, afraid, afraid to be like John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist dealt with Herod, he said, it's not lawful that you would sleep with your brother's wife. And went prophetic right in the midst of society at the same time. So we've got to do a, a little bit of all three, both and, not either or. To stand up for what we believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's certainly something, but... It, you can't stand up to that which you do not know. There you go. So I think it starts there with a better understanding of who we are in Christ, mm-hmm. the power that God has given us, mm-hmm. and able to do great things. So we do have a couple of callers on the air. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Would you quickly offer your comment, please? Yeah, how you doing? This is Corey from Virginia Beach. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. God bless everybody on the panel, including you, Pastor Swan. Bless you, you also. Job. Thank you. Uh, I think that we're, uh, Christianity has gone in America itself if not the world, is that me personally, I I have a problem with conforming to the world. We do a lot of trying to reach the youth and accepting the way the world says we should do things. And I think we've come, we've fallen away from how our ancestors, our grandmothers and their mothers have uh, perceived church to be. We're doing a lot more socializing than we're doing a lot more showing. Like Pastor said, when we get the Holy Spirit in us, we do a lot of showing oh, you know, I have the Holy Spirit, I'm dancing around, running around the church, and then when I leave, it's back to normal. So we don't have a, a lot of people don't recognize the power of God within them. They just, I guess it's more of a, uh, more, uh, like I said, just a social gathering, more so than uh, worship and praying and really understanding, being thankful for God, for who God is and who God is in you, and showing that in, a, in an outward way. Okay. Not so much just, uh, you know, I go to church today, or I go to this special kind of church, or look at me, I go to Calvary, for instance, not, you know, singing out of church out, but social, you know, it's just a social event, and no one's really taken heed like our grandparents did. They were really into the church and understood what the Spirit was. Okay, thank you for the call, Corey. We appreciate it. No problem. Pastor Young, real quick while we get this next caller, have we then, in churches, created a culture as opposed to a lifestyle? In service where culture is expected, you're going to act a certain way, but we really haven't translated that culture into kingdom living. Well, you know, I'm my personal belief is that culture isn't a bad thing. You know, um, I, I, I believe that, you know, quite frequently 
we we can't lose sight of who we are. Uh, you know, we don't have to uh, abandon our upbringing and and our culture as not only uh, a race uh, uh, or even those that have embraced a particular denomination. But what I believe where the culture becomes a hindrance is where we begin to use it to exclude other cultures. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is, is that you know if 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 we combine the wisdom uh, uh, from all cultures, then we go so much higher. So I absolutely believe that, that it can be a hindrance if you allow it to be. Okay. All right. And we have one, one last caller on the air. We're almost out of time. Caller, are you there? Yes. Go ahead. Would you please quickly offer your comment? Well, first of all, I agree with I, I heard um, a couple of the brothers then talked about emotion. I believe the church has gone more emotional and it's because of a lack of uh, lack of understanding of, I believe, what was done through Jesus Christ. Uh, a lot of the churches are teaching the four Gospels, and the four Gospels uh, talks about what God did through Jesus Christ, and they are trying to uh, imitate what Jesus Christ did. But that was two thousand years ago. It's it's done. It's finished. It's completed. Now, they, uh, a lot of the church is living, trying to live by faith, uh, but it's a, it's a form of godliness, but denying the power. They're trying to live by faith and without power. So they know Jesus, but they don't know Christ. Okay. And so and I, the mission revelation of Christ, see, Christ is the power and wisdom of God unto salvation for those who believe. Okay. Thank you, okay. sir. For, sir, we, we need to, to cut you off right here. I'm sorry for doing that. We're, we're out of time, but we do thank you for your comment. And uh, this has been an interesting topic. Pastor Young, Pastor Johnson, I do want to thank you uh, for offering your perspective on this on this topic. And, and maybe at some point soon we can revisit it again. But again, we want to thank all of you for listening to the Pastor Study today here on WHOV 88.1 FM. If you happen to miss the show, again, you can tune in to KevinSwan.org later on today, and you can listen to the show in its entirety. Once again, on behalf of Pastor Young, Pastor Johnson, Rob Dixon in Philly, this is Pastor Kevin Swan saying thank you for listening. Be a blessing to someone else. Take care.